0: Well, good morning once again, and if, you're, if you have your Bible with you, you're welcome to open to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 today, as we continue in this looking to the promises of Christmas, the promises of Christmas, and we're looking to the preparation of love, the preparation of love today. We've discovered the peace that Jesus brought to sinful humanity. In week 1, we talked about peace. We talked about not being a peace faker Or a peace breaker, but being peacemakers like Christ. That's what Jesus did for us. He came to bring peace with God's people to God or between us and God. We discovered the second week about hope. That hope came in the form of a person, a baby. A baby who is referred in scripture as a king. Even as a baby, he's referred to as king. And that's our Jesus. Prince of peace, wonderful savior, merciful counselor he is wonderful and he's savior to the world and we saw that Jesus met our deepest need and this hope it's not just for the future but it's something that we live in today and then last week we discovered the great joy that we have at Christmas time but not just Christmas time every single day because Jesus has come and he's still coming again he's still coming again and this is great joy not just for us but for us to share with the world. And, you know, it's easy to say at Christmas time. I say that every single year, I say, this Christmas season, go out and share the news of Jesus because people are in a, a much easier state to hear it, to understand it, they're looking for it. They're celebrating it even when they don't even realize it. Have you ever thought about that? All these people who you see putting up Christmas lights, putting up Christmas trees, going out and buying gifts, who maybe you know they, they don't celebrate Christ in their everyday life. You have a unique opportunity to say, why do you celebrate Christmas? And not to persecute them, not to to just make them feel bad, but to make them truly think about why are they doing what they're doing and how should they be living. But here's the fallacy with all of that, and I'm saying I'm the one that has been saying that. We often stop after Christmas until Easter comes. And then we say, oh, we got another easy holiday to talk about. But why don't we talk about these things all the time? I love Christmas music. I love hearing the the worship team up here celebrating with these Christmas carols, these hymns, these songs, spiritual songs of truth. But we don't just sing songs about Jesus one season a year. We sing them every single week. So let's talk about it every single week. Thank you to the worship team. Today we move forward and we discover Christmas hope, this promised hope. Love was born in the world in the form of a baby in a manger. And that baby was Jesus, God's son, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, as we talked about, there's there's this depiction of this love all around us. We see the Christmas season and we see the lights, we see the trees, we see the gifts, which we must translate to the world and say this is why we celebrate we celebrate because of jesus but we also see it in many other forms and just one of these things that i talk about every year and i just love it is nativity scenes now we didn't get ours at the church set up this year and that's on me but i do know that many of you have a nativity scene set up in your own houses Or maybe see them at a store, at a relative, at a a grandmother's house, a mother, a father, a sister, a brother. And nativity scenes are wonderful. But what is a nativity scene? Why do we put them up anyways? Let me explain a little bit. The word nativity comes from the Latin word meaning birth. In the nativity scene that we set out each year is a depiction of not just any birth, but the birth of the king of kings, prince of peace wonderful counselor, merciful Savior, Jesus Christ. In these nativity scenes, they celebrate the whole scene that would be surrounding Jesus at his birth. You often see his mother, his earthly father. You see animals. You see shepherds. You see angels. And depending on how accurate you are to the depiction of the nativity scene of that day, you might even see wise men. Now, Maybe they're right next to the stable. Maybe you are ones that put them far off because it would have been probably a, a while before they got there. But either way, you see all these characters. But what you should always notice is Jesus is at the center because he's the focus of this birth. He is who we are preparing for. He is who we're celebrating with the nativity scene. Now, here's another great thing to think about with that many people. Do not put Jesus in there at all until tomorrow. Because the whole point of this nativity scene, if you really want to get down to it, is the fact that you're preparing for Christmas. You're preparing for this great birth. You're preparing to celebrate the birth of Christ, the Messiah. You know, in our life today, we have another similar thing, which we often do to celebrate the coming of a newborn baby. Maybe you've heard of this thing. It's called gender reveal parties. And let me tell you, people spend a lot of money on these gender reveal parties. I've read some extremes of people spending not just hundreds of dollars, not just thousands of dollars, but tens of thousands of dollars on a gender reveal party. It used to be the big thing was an announcement of the birth. And we all celebrate And then it was the baby showers, which is great also and very needed coming from a father. It's it's great. We love those baby showers to bring the diapers and the clothes and everything else to help us. But now the big thing is also these gender reveal parties where you get to celebrate the sex of the baby. Now, let me tell you how this happens. Now, either A, there's some simple ones where maybe a, a best friend gets a cake. And inside that cake is either pink or blue. So when they slice into that cake, they see what is the sex of the baby. And all of a sudden, you see the husband and the wife and maybe even other kids or relatives, mom and dad. They get this shock upon their face, this moment of excitement, hopefully, when they see if it's a boy or a girl. Now, I've also seen that, I just saw this week a goof, a blooper, where the wife, before cutting into the cake, went to pull out the decoration on top of the cake. And if you follow, she saw the pink on the stick. And the husband, he was mad. He looked at her in shock. What did you just do? You took away that excitement. That's not all, though. People fill balloons and release balloons, pink or blue, into the sky. People fill boxes of tannerite and blow it up with a gun, shooting it. That's one of my favorites. I haven't done it. Somebody want to let me? Give me a call. I've even seen where people rent helicopters or a pilot, and they fly over a party and release confetti of a certain color. Here's my point. The birth is to be celebrated, but here with Christmas, we're not celebrating just any birth we celebrate the birth of Christ. And as we celebrate the birth of Christ, we prepare for the birth of Jesus. Now, maybe it's been a while since you celebrated something great like this, but I do want you to have this idea that you prepare for important or big things in your life every day. Maybe it's a baby. Maybe it's a new puppy. You know they take a lot of preparation Maybe it's a new driver in the house. I recently went through that, had to buy a car and get insurance and go through training. I'm still working on that. Will be for a long time, I suspect. Maybe it's a new refrigerator or a dishwasher or a stove. Because even that takes preparation as you have to prepare the spot or the electricity or the installation or the delivery. Here's my point. You prepare for new things. How much more do we need to prepare for a great thing like Christ? God would prepare his people years, hundreds of years in advance. He would prepare his people. And that's what we're looking today. We'll be looking to Isaiah and we'll be looking to Mary. As we see God prepared his people, Israel, hundreds of years in advance. And then before Jesus was even born, he would prepare Mary for this special announcement. And then in this, we'll also see, how did Mary prepare? How did she respond? And then finally, how are we to respond? Let's read from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. God is preparing his people for Jesus long ago. And he says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. You see, God's promise in Isaiah is that he would dwell with his people and rescue them. He would be with them forever. And all this promise is fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus would make a great sacrifice. And it's not just in the fact that he came in human form. Jesus would go to the cross and Jesus would die on our behalf to save us from our sins, to be the punishment for us. Jesus became the savior of the world. But notice the instructions in this. In Isaiah 7.14, once again, I want you to see how his people, God's people, they're told to be prepared. They're told to behold. Behold, that means to be looking, to be paying attention to what is coming. He says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. It brings an application for our own lives, even just here with this book of Isaiah reference here, how are we beholding Christ? How are we preparing for God's love of which he sent for us? How are we seeing Christ working every day in our lives and the lives of others? Are we beholding him at all? You see, we should be living our life with great expectation as we lit these candles to remember the great expectation that the Israelites had of this hope, this peace, this joy, this love of Christ. We should be living with that same great expectation, beholding not only what is to come, but beholding what God has already done in your life. Are you preparing for Christ? Are you making space in your life for Jesus? Are you making room for the birth of a great work of the love of God. That's what God's word tells us, that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not die, but live eternally with him. All people are sinners in need of a savior and all we must do is confess with our mouths, Jesus is Lord and follow after him. Repent and admit your need for a savior that you're a sinner and follow him with your life. Let's get back to the word here. We must prepare to behold Jesus in our life. Here in Matthew and Luke, God prepares Mary to behold Jesus in her life, but quite literally. Let me read from Luke 1 26 to 33. As we see an angel named Gabriel speaking to a young teenage girl named Mary, the word goes like this. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. What a thought. She's found favor with God with all this being announced to her. She's being told, this isn't a punishment. You bearing a son, you being pregnant, and in a very interruptible time of life, in a very unplanned way, It's still a great gift of God. It's still his plan. Let's read on. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. See this, God is preparing Mary for what is to come. And this message brought by the angel is that Mary would conceive a child within her womb whose name would be Jesus. Talk about a great interruption to her life. Talk about a great disruption to her life. This was not planned. In fact, Scripture makes it very obvious for us to see Mary is a virgin. Mary's engaged, but she is not yet wed. She's not married To Joseph yet so this announcement for her would be a very difficult one for her to understand maybe even now in your mind you can think about what she might have been thinking or saying and we're going to see it here in a moment but she would probably be saying what what do you mean I'm going to become pregnant what do you mean this child Jesus will be the son of the most high a king who rule over all things and I wrote in my notes this ending thought me me I didn't plan for this, she might be thinking. But I want you to see this. You see, when God is ready to do something new, something great, it almost always is a great interruption to one's life and schedule. But this does not mean that it's not still God's plan and for his glory. It also does not mean that it's not going to be for your goodness also. Great things come out of what we see might be terrible things. And in a world that is broken in sinfulness, the arrival of such love is a great interruption, but it also was a great need. And it's one God was preparing his people for, even Mary. See this, point number two, when God shows up, lives are interrupted. They are disrupted, but they are also forever changed. Mary's life was taking a turn here that she may not have been expecting. In fact, I shouldn't even say may. She was not expecting this announcement to her. Yes, God made this known. It's a prophecy. It's a promise. But you'd still be that one to say, me? Me? I'm not even married. Me? I'm a virgin. Me? Of all people, me? I'm a teenage girl. God would use her to do something great And God also wants to use all of us to do something great today too. But are we willing? Are we being submissive like Mary? Let's move forward in the notes here. Mary's life would take a turn. It would be a great disruption. It would be an interruption to her life. Well, let's talk about disruptions, interruptions to lives today and back then. Joseph, think about Joseph. His Fiance suddenly pregnant, but not with his baby. How do you explain this to your friends, to your family? Talk about disruption and interruption. Mary says an angel of God told me this. That'd still be hard to believe, wouldn't it? And we know from Scripture, Joseph would have his own dream here, his own his own speaking from God. Well, let's talk a step further. The political power of the day, King Herod. This would be great news to him. Talk about an interruption, a disruption. Let's take it a step further. We also have the wise men coming from afar. That's a great disruption. They're going to leave their life and, and follow this great light in the skies, this great star to meet King Herod and then, and then go forward for, and for meet this baby Jesus. And then we see the shepherds leaving their flock at night for a visit. I want you to see this. I'm trying to drive this home. Their lives are greatly disrupted. There's a great interruption, but some disruptions are worth their weight in gold. Gold, that means it's something valuable. That means it's something good. Even when it seems like it's confusing, even when it seems like it's hard, even when it seems like it's frustrating, even when you seem like you don't know what to do and you don't know why this is happening, it doesn't mean that it's not good. It doesn't mean that it's not God's plan. It doesn't mean that God won't use it for his glory and goodness. You see, sometimes we get so stuck thinking about or being focused on the problems, the interruptions, the disruptions, the unplanned things of our life that we fail to see how God can turn it for his glory and for your goodness. I believe there's two choices in our life. When it comes to disruptions, when it comes to unplanned things, here's the two choices. It's simple. Avoid it or embrace it. Avoid or embrace it. And yes, we all can run off on our tangents and complain and vent and, and go talk to the world about our struggles and what's happening in our life. But I'm also a fan that at some point we need just say, what are we going to do about it? We must embrace it. Embrace it. We must embrace the disruptions from God for God. Embrace the disruptions from God for God. And before you say it or think it, I want to say, some of you might be thinking, but how do we know if this disruption is from God? Well, let me remind you, God is sovereign and in control of all things. So he will use all disruptions for his glory. But will you embrace it? Will you avoid it? Will you use it in a way which God intends or will you keep running from it? That's my prayer for us today that we would be a people who would stop avoiding the disruptions that God means to use to help us experience him more fully, to help experience and see his love for more as he intends. Start embracing the work that God wants to do within us through his great love. Embrace it and look to God for guidance. Embrace it and look to glorify God in your response. God will guide you. God will be the light that you need. God will give you the strength and wisdom you need when you embrace it for his glory. It's not about what you can do, it's what God can do. Let's read forward in how Mary responds, or at least initially. Luke 1:34 to 37 says this, it says, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is six months with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Focus on that. Nothing will be impossible with God. Did, did Mary have questions? Yes, of course she does. Do we have questions? Yes, of course we do. And it's okay to cry out to God. It's okay to admit, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this. We all have excuses. We all have reasons why we think, we think something cannot be done. But when we see that it's not about us, it's about God, we see that things can happen. Maybe you can think about this. I do. I wrote down as a pastor, I've heard people say, there's no way God can save my marriage. It's too far gone. I've heard people say, there's no way that God could love me. I've made too many mistakes. God can't save me. I've heard people say that I'll never see the relationship with my son or my daughter restored to me. I've heard people say, I will never be able to get back on top of my life, my bills, my health, physical health, mental health. I've heard people say, I'll never be able to get clean and stay sober but watch and see what God can do because every single one of these situations, I've seen God turn around because it wasn't about what they could do. It was about what God can do. Embrace it. Embrace the disruptions, the interruptions of life and look to see how God can lead you through it, guide you through it for his glory, for his kingdom, for his goodness. And even when it seems like goodness may never come, Remember that God has a future reserved for all of us in his presence forever. But let's let's look to God's power here. Look to how the angel responded to Mary. The angel says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. You see, it's essentially like he was saying, you see, Mary, what is impossible with man is possible with God. What seems impossible in your life right now Whatever it is, just seek God's glory, his goodness. All things will turn out for his glory. All things will turn out for his goodness. We must remember what God can do in us for his glory. I wanna say that again. We must remember what God can do in us for his glory. It's not about what we can do. It's about what he can do in us for us. And we're the benefactors. What a great joy we have. God is with us. Through the love of God, expressing Christ's miraculous birth, anything is possible. Through God's plan, miraculous things would happen then, and miraculous things still happen today. The nativity scene, this great birth, changed the world 2,000 years ago, and it's still changing lives. Has your life been changed by Jesus? If not... Trust him today. Cry out to Jesus to save you. Confess Jesus is Lord. Maybe you're struggling today with things in your life which you just don't know how they can be fixed. Stop looking to your power. Pray for God's power and pray for him to help, you, help see you through it. Even if it means every day is a battle, see that one word, Emmanuel, God with us. You're never alone. God wants to burst something new within you today and every day. And he wants to use you to also spread this news to other people every day. It's not about your sex. It's not about your age. It's not about your qualification or your equipping. It's about him. It's about him. So some days we must tell ourselves to deal with it. Step up and deal with it. Embrace it. Stop avoiding it. Embrace it. All for God's glory. Look to see what God has given you. Look to see how God has blessed you and look to see how he has not left you. He's with you. He's with us all. Praise God for the nativity scene. Praise God for the promises of Christmas. Praise God for his hope, his peace, his joy, his love in Jesus. I think we need to pay attention to Mary's response before we close. In Luke 1.38, Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be uh, according to your word. And the angel departed from her. That's Mary's response. It's one of surrender, of submission to God. She says, Behold, I am a servant of God. How about us? How do you respond to interruptions, to disruptions, to struggles? How do you respond when things just aren't going your way? I know how I sinfully so often respond. It's not to say, it's not always to say, Lord, I am yours. May your will be done. A lot of times I just wanna vent. I just wanna be upset. I just wanna be frustrated for a bit. I just wanna talk about it. But may we all be a people who submit to God to have his promises fulfilled in and through you. Remember, God sent his son Jesus because he loves you. And God still loves you. And God still wants to do a miraculous things in and through all of our lives. The world's greatest need then was God's love. The world's greatest need still today is for them to see and hear about God's grace and love through Jesus Christ. God used Mary's willingness, her submissiveness, and He wants to use you. How will you allow Him to use you? I encourage you with this one word love. Love people. Love God. John 13, 34, in the words of Jesus, he says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another just as I have loved you. You also must love one another. Share the news of God's great interruptions to your life with others, especially that great interruption where God called you to be one of his own, to be saved, to be redeemed. Share this news. Share about how your life doesn't always go as planned. Share about your struggles but also share about the hope, the peace, the joy, the love of Christ that you have through it all. The good news of Jesus is birth. It's more than just a story. It's more than just a historical fact. It is a promise that should affect our lives, but not just for the future, in the present as well. Allow God to impact you in the now. Allow him to impact you in the way that you share this grace, this love with everyone. And one final closing thought here. As you consider the ways that you could do something new to show this love, talk about it. But make sure you follow through. Make sure you follow through. Be a people like Mary saying, may your word to me be fulfilled. I am your servant. We're closing prayer in one final song. Thank you for worshiping with us today. I do encourage you to come back tonight at 5 p.m. for a candlelight service. And we'll worship together and have a Merry Christmas. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your love shown to us in Christ. We thank you that through Christ we have not just love, but joy, peace, and hope. We have these themes of Advent, but they're very real things, not just historical ideas, but really real things we can embrace and live with and live for. May this impact our lives every single day. May it impact our lives not just for the future but for today. But as we allow these things to impact us, may we also be servants of yours to also proclaim of these glorious truths to those around us too. Lord, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for Christ. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Please stand and sing with us this final song. again for celebrating with me as you leave one more encouragement check on your loved ones check on your friends check on your family check on your neighbors because as glorious of a time as christmas is it's also a very hard time for many as you wish to be celebrating around people who you miss so i encourage you check on people and and live life with them and celebrate with them too god bless you tonight at five